Welcome to Interparty Conflict, the podcast where we answer your questions so you can have the best tabletop gaming experience possible. My name is Gabe. And my name is Jeff. And without further gilding the lily and with no more ado, I give to you the seekers of serenity, the protectors of Italy, the enforcers of our Lord God, the one, the three, Justin, Ian, and Brandon from Crit Academy. (laughs) Damn, Gabe, you are awesome. Thank you. Thank you very much. Protector of Italy? (laughs) So, uh... I like Italy. I love boots. It looks like a boot. Boots. <laughs> yeah, so so yeah, we've got uh, the hosts of Crit Academy with us. How are you guys doing today? Oh, fantastic. <laughs> doing good. Stomaching up. Cool. I'm here. <laughs> Thank you for having yeah. us on. We appreciate it. No problem. Thank you for, for coming. I've actually, you know, I've meant to have you guys on for a while, but at the beginning of the year, we had, we had a couple guests that uh, we were planning on having on, and then things ended up getting pushed back, and I... Uh, I kept having to push things back and push things back. And so anyway, those, they, they, they ended up getting pushed back indefinitely. So, uh, so I figured I'd, I'd, it was, it was perfect time to have you guys on. So thank you for coming and, uh, hope we have a, hope we have a good episode. Yeah. Glad we, glad we can be your seconds. Well, that's, (laughs) that's not what I meant. I meant it as in, I, we couldn't get these other people. So we settled for you. (laughs) I meant it as in, I wanted to get them out of the way so that we could get to you guys. Right. And now that they're off the schedule, yeah, then we, we need to clear away some of the riffraff. <laughs> there, there you go. There you go. I hope. <laughs> I hope the people who were going to be our guests don't hear this and think that they're the riffraff. I just, I want to please everybody. Oh man, I can barely, I can't even please one woman. So I can understand that need though. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, um, yeah. So, so how are you guys doing? Anything, uh, anything exciting going on over in your realms? I'm bringing a 5K and on Sunday. Is oh, it the Star Wars one? Or good job. Good luck. Yeah. Well, no, no, it's at the Tiger Stadium in Detroit. That's way less cool okay. than running around at night for a 5K with a lightsaber. That's happening in Frankenmuth soon. You know that? <laughs> Sounds about right. Somebody want to go with me? Was that Jedi 5K? <laughs> yeah, it is. They give you lightsabers and. And then it's dark out. I'm, I already swore, man. I didn't make it very long. <laughs> it's all right. <laughs> it's, I don't worry about it. And uh, you run around swinging a lightsaber at night and doing Jedi stuff in yep. 5K. It's very cool. No, that's pretty cool. Too, so. Does it have to be Jedi? Well, I don't know. You can do your race, I guess. Uh, you'd probably be a Sith. or your eh, own... Nobody likes Sith. They're going to kick you into the river. I would say the biggest piece of news is we just we released our brawler, our um, yeah. path, uh, our barbarian path. Um, and it's almost it's one sale away as of this morning from silver uh, bestseller. On oh, DM's good Guild. job. Nice. So we're super excited. Um, and then, of course, uh, our gun mage, which is free. Mm-hmm. Um, you can find it at CritAcademy.com or go to DMs Guild and type in our gun mage. Um, it's a free um, product. And that just reached like 1,200 downloads, but we're about to hit silver on that one as too. So I'm really excited for that. Awesome. Um, it's 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 really going well. It's a lot of work, so I'm glad people like it. Mm-hmm. Um, which also means I'm already I already finished my next project, which is a bard, which is the path of the war chanter, Ooh, which okay. is very similar to the character I was running. Yeah. In the the um actual play we were um we recorded yeah. so i'm excited for that you can watch for that in may awesome that's an awesome chant i'm gonna steal that yeah. <laughs> all right fine bodies hit the floor how about you guys what's going on in your realm um for me i've got a i'm almost done with the second of my three classes before i have my life back 
Um, <laughs> right. Oh yeah. So is that barbarian wizard? Which class is that? Uh, the blueprint reader class. <laughs> blueprint reader. The blueprint reader. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I used to draw blueprints, but they were just white prints, and then just everyone was complaining because I just left the page blank. <laughs> Wow. Um, what about you, Jeff? How are, uh, how are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing. I'm doing all right. I'm pretty pretty pumped about uh, the new season of Game of Thrones. Oh yeah, yeah. Skylar and I have been watching that pretty uh, pretty excitedly. How many points do they usually score in a in a, a match <laughs> in a game in a game in, in a given Game of Thrones? How many points do they score? <laughs> yeah, uh, that's funny. Uh, not many lately, actually. They're like they 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 don't kill as many characters as they used to. <sighs> Well, because uh, there's episode. none left. Uh, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> no, I feel like there's Sorry. too many because like they're like they've spent the last two episodes on like sort of character development and stuff like that, which I'm not complaining about it because like we like the characters. Nope, you but, heard it here yeah. first. Jeff wants death, <laughs> death and destruction <laughs> every uh, episode. Is, well, because like it is, I'll, it is coming. I'll hear coming. from so I'll like I'll hear from somebody who's like, man, that episode was garbage. Not a single like not a nobody was stabbed. I'm like. Well, but there's other stuff going on, really? but the other uh, than the stabbing, so so much stuff happened in the last episode. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's like a lot all at once. So, but it's it's good. I think that uh, I'm out of the loop because I watched one episode of Game of Thrones and thought it was stupid and didn't watch anymore. But I'm willing to give it a shot because Ian <laughs> was rushing out of our episode. We got to hurry up. We got to hurry up so I can make it to the <laughs> Game of Thrones episode. <laughs> so that's, I'm that's I'm willing like, to give it another shot. Like, um, I'm excited about Endgame. Uh, Avengers Endgame is supposed to come out in, sure. in the next week, if if I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah, I got my tickets already. <laughs> yeah. yeah, this Friday, right? Yeah, I just I just saw Captain Marvel yesterday, so I'm uh, I'm excited. <laughs> um, what'd you think of Captain Marvel? I liked it. I thought it was really good. Um, you know, of course, it in no way was deserving of all of the 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 hate it got before it even was released. Yeah. Um, I thought it was a good movie. I thought it was a lot of fun. Yeah. Goose stole the show. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> all right. Um, you guys want to go ahead and uh, jump into this episode? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Um I want you all to imagine that you are uh sitting around a table. I'm going to make this real simple. You guys are sitting around a table we in are a tavern. Sitting around a table. <laughs> and <laughs> and you got a map in front of you and you need to uh decipher it. Somebody roll me a shoot. What's the check for that? What's what's the skill for that? Somebody roll me an intelligence check. Yeah, sure. I got to get up. Hang on, our dice are over there. Okay, <laughs> I, I ran a we're good. We're Saturday. good. Jeff, Jeff's got a d20. Right? I got you. How dare you? Oh no, Better Jeff rolled real one. bad. Uh, Brandon, save him. Yeah, yeah. You roll. Brandon, save him. Grab a d20. I'll pick it up like your mess later. How did you make a mess? You had to walk five feet and grab a die. <laughs> I rolled it and rolled a twenty, you dick. <laughs> I don't believe you. Uh, I got a and two. You rolled a two. <laughs> Look at Brennan's roll. Okay, well, yeah, my my roll was a six. So, <laughs> okay, well, so you decipher the uh, you decipher the map. You're very very excited about where it's supposed to go. So you follow the map, and before you know it, you have found yourself in a laundry room. <laughs> but then you think to yourself, I wonder why, because on the map, after we very cleverly deciphered it, it said this way to the dragon's horde. <laughs> The Dragon's Laundry Room. The Dragon's Laundry Room, exactly. <laughs> All right, so today's uh, Dragon's Horde item was... Shoot, who submitted this? Sorry. Um... <laughs> You're just, like, walking to the Dragon's Laundry Avenger. Room, and it's wearing, like, like some, like, dirty sweatpants and, like, a like a like like an A-shirt or something like that. And it's like, well, these are my laundry day clothes. 
Like, there you go. There you go. All right. So uh, today's item was submitted by Avin Shill via email, and it is the Radiant Edge. This is a katana, which I am always a fan of. It is rare. It requires attunement. This blade, while simple in design, holds unseen talents to those who use it properly. The blade itself is completely dull, seeming to have been forged to not have a sharp edge. Very smoothly etched into the blade's length are a series of celestial runes that can easily be identified by those who can read or speak celestial. On inspection of a blacksmith, they will only be able to tell the player they've never seen crafting like this, almost as if the crafting process is completely unknown. A DC-19 history check will reveal it to be an ancient dialect reading, only true light can cut through the darkness. Upon drawing this blade and mentally activating this weapon, the edge and all the visible runes will become emblazoned with light. With this blade, you gain a plus two bonus to attack and damage rolls made with the, this magic weapon. In addition, the blade does no slashing damage, but instead radiant damage on all physical strikes. The blade inflicts double damage on all undead, fiends, or devils. This weapon emits five feet of ambient light and cannot be wielded by anything of an evil alignment. Can I get a purple one? <laughs> Is your name Mace Windu? No. Uh, Samuel scratch, scratch, scratch. It is now. <laughs> um, it's like, I'm only going to do this podcast if it's if it's purple. <laughs> <laughs> and why is that? So in that big volley of laser swords, I can see myself. Right. Um, yeah, yeah. So I have my interesting thoughts on this. Would you guys like to go first before... I am so uh, used to running the show that just kind of happened. I'm sorry. Hey, that's that's fine with me. <laughs> that, that, fine with me. Less, yeah, less work for us. Um, well, I do want to bring up, like, so radiant damage by itself, are, most fiends are weak to it. Is that the case? I believe so. I, I don't think it would, like, double and then double again. I'm pretty sure it's, it's, just, it's, just, it's just to... Referring to the fact that undead fiends and devils tend to be sure weak to radiant damage. Right, yeah. So yeah, I was wondering, it's like, it does it do quadruple at that point? So I yeah. think it would actually. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I mean, maybe. I, I don't know what uh, Adam Shill's intention was. If right. I was running it, probably not. But uh, maybe, maybe like for an encounter. <laughs> You know. I will, yeah, because like, because it's it's turning the it's not just like the bonus damage. There's bonus damage that's radiant. It's like all the damage from it is radiant. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. like you know, any so, I guess any bonuses that you're doing. So would sneak attack damage with that be radiant? Ooh, I mean, I would I would say yeah. Yeah. So like it'd be if you're using that if you're like is a well I guess a katana isn't. I get, oh yeah, well, but but the yeah. wakasashi, I think. Is? Oh yeah, it, it, I didn't even read that part. Sorry, it, there is also a wakasashi that comes with it. Yeah, I guess. So like, it, it, if that is also like, because uh, I believe that just counts as like a short, short sword. sword. Yeah, yeah, so that yeah. has finesse. Hmm. So you can use that for sneak attack. So sneak attack, radiant yeah. sneak attack damage. Yeah, yeah that's a good point. Rogues would draw over this thing, but I mean, I by default up paladins because why wouldn't they? Yeah, yeah. Or pa paladin rogues. Yeah, yeah. Can you imagine a sneak attack with this thing? <laughs> it like does quad damage. It's like a camera flash of death. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Uh, so the thing that interests me about this is it's very close to the Sunblade that exists in the the DMG already. Very much. Um, yeah. Um. And I honestly think it seems a little bit weaker than that one. Okay. That's okay. Um. But that's okay. Yeah, but what I love is the flavor that is tied to this. Mm -hmm. um, because that's one thing that I feel like is lacking in a lot in, in the magic item genre provided by Watsy 
overall is the only thing that appears to really have any sort of story or lore with it is like the sentient weapons and some yeah. of the legendary yeah. ones. Yeah. And the um, artifacts. Yeah. Yeah. So for to have something like this, that is a rare item that comes with this um, story behind it, that in and of itself could be a hook, I think is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, the DC is high enough that they might not be able to figure it out right away. So this could easily become a quest or a hook to unlock what is this this blade and why the hell can't I stab anybody with it? <laughs> sure. Because <laughs> really, it's it's dull until you unlock its full potential. So you yeah. could even give this to a player. Um, I think in one of our episodes we talked about having magic items as two index cards where the you give them the, the generic information and as they unlock the features you give them the other part of the sheet and mm-hmm. they finally you know understand the full potential of the weapon and this is something I feel that could start off as a regular weapon you give to the player at level one it's a family heirloom or something that then as they they begin to understand it and people ask about the the language on the side it it unlocks later at a a higher level um releasing its quote-unquote full potential and I, I that's why I really think this radiant edge is really cool yeah, yeah, I, I do think it's really cool. Like you said, it is very, very similar to a weapon that already exists. But I do think the, the, the difference is the the flavor mm. and such. And also, maybe if you did want to differentiate it from the Sunblade a little bit, you could emphasize the fact that it is two swords. It is a katana and a wakazashi. Yeah. So that maybe the two of them are bound to each other. Maybe it is only one sword that splits into two, Ooh. or something. Yeah. Oh, I see. I read that completely. I so I am pictured this as it starts off dull as a short sword, and then when you unlock its potential, it grows to like a long sword. I actually oh. read it that anyway. I, I read it as like either or, like it's like oh, you oh. can you can yeah, have yeah. it one way or the other. Yeah, I, I was thinking that it was there are two different ones, and you can have it be either. Yeah, I don't know. I think Ian read it that way too. Yeah, I also read it as either or. I would, mm-hmm. I would love to see a player using this, and they're using it as just a bludgeoning weapon <laughs> because it's dull. <laughs> And yeah. after, and like the trigger is after you hit so many bad guys, or you get so many successful hits, it then turns on. Can you imagine that? It's like okay, you, you swing this 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 dull nasty sword at this fiend, and all of a sudden it bursts into light, and you look down, and there's ash. Ooh, yeah, you imagine the look on their cool. face, you're like, what happened? <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah, because it's like the only weapon they have, and so you're like, well, you can use it as an improvised weapon. It counts as a great club, you know. Yeah. Go, go for it, see what happens, and then like, yeah, and then they just cut the thing in half. Like, oops. <laughs> so okay, here's 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 um uh, here's the thing. So it uh, they are weak to radiant, so they could take double damage. Mm-hmm. And if the the exact wording of this is to be taken in, that it could be. It could be it could be interpreted as quadruple damage. Sure, sure. Yeah. Uh, assassin. Mm. <laughs> like high like 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 high what is it like level seventeen or something that they get the they deal double damage on a yep anytime the target's like uh, has an active in combat or something right yeah if they if they if they get a I forget I forget the exact thing yeah. but like there's a there's a chance for them to do double damage so would that be, be a- it's if you do a sneak attack on a creature who hasn't taken their turn yet. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I'm mean, gonna be honest. It'd be hard to sneak up some, but on somebody with a sword that's shedding light <laughs> sure. as you're walking around like a torch. Yeah. <laughs> very, yeah. very true. I'm well, sneaky. You know, <laughs> well, you know, like high high enough stealth or or some 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 sort of illusion magic, right, or just right. enough prep. You give everyone in the town square a glowing sword. <laughs> <laughs> you know. And yours is purple. <laughs> right. Yeah. We're gonna we're gonna go run 5k real quick. So, and, and I know we kind of joked about the, the, the light thing, but you yep. could, you could, it just says, um, light cuts through the, 
it glows, right? Yeah. It doesn't actually say what color the light is, so you could flavor that any way you want it to be unique. <laughs> yeah. So if you wanted yeah. to be Maze Windu, you could have a, a, a purple radiant edge, okay? Sure. Wait, mine red. Yeah. I'm I'm all for players uh flavoring their magic items to be, you know, exactly what uh, exactly what they want. Absolutely. Yeah. And I Justin, I really liked that idea that um you said about having one note card with like the basic information and then another note card with uh, the uh, the lore and stuff that they're able to find out eventually. Right. I think that's that's really cool. Yeah, and especially if you uh, if it's um, and I think I, I don't remember what episode we talked about it, but um, if it's something if you're planning on doing like ancestry weapons in the episode where we talked about ancestry weapons, yep. where it grows over time, you could just be handing out every few levels they get an achievement. You know, for mm-hmm. instance, they stab through the heart of a, a, a wormling red dragon or bathe their blade in the flame of flame breath, and it becomes a fiery weapon. Here's another part of your card, and then you know. 10 levels later, you now give them a new one after stabbing a dragon through the heart, and now it's a double flame sword, I guess. I don't know what other feature you would <laughs> give it, but um, I, I do think that that's really uh, a really good way to do that if you have um, something you want to keep hidden from them early on. Sure. Does, does double damage to ice sculptures. <laughs> uh, it does. It would do aura damage. It just the ice sculptures start melting. <laughs> yeah. I ran a game at my local library today. Um, it only had two people, but I I just realized I, I kind of did something very similar to that. I had the players fight a couple hellhounds at first, and one of the players was a rogue, and they finished off the battle by sneak attacking one of the hellhounds through the heart. And I said that as she pulled her, her sword out, it, um, it was still like glowing red hot. And then later when she used it in a later battle, I said that she realized as she went to go attack with it that it was still glowing red hot. She stabbed another enemy, and when she pulled it out, it just burst into flames. And uh, I just meant it kind of as like a throwaway thing. Like, yeah, sure, I'll give you some extra fire damage, but that's kind Ooh. of... Now it's a magic legit. item. Yeah. yeah. Bathe in the heart of a beast of flame. That's fantastic. There you go. Also, it's good with curses, if they don't know what the curse is. Yeah. Oh, shoot, yeah. I didn't even think of that. <laughs> Here's your magic maybe, item. <laughs> maybe more on that uh, later in this episode. Sure. Maybe, <laughs> we'll see. Uh, cool. So did you guys have anything else uh, about the, the Radiant Edge? Nope. Nope. think it's fantastic. Yeah, I think it's a cool item. Uh, so thank you, Avonshill, for submitting that. And Jeff, if anybody wanted to submit magic items for us to talk about or questions for us to discuss or stories for the funeral pyre, how would they get those to us? They could send us an email at interpartyconflict at gmail.com or join us on the Interparty Discord, which you can find the link on our subreddit and on our Facebook. There you go. Um before we go any further, do you guys want to tell our listeners a little bit about your show? I always, I feel like the last several times we've had guests, I forget to do this at the very beginning. Um, for anybody who is not familiar with your show, would you like to tell our listeners who you guys are, what your show is, what you're about? Sure. We give away free stuff. <laughs> we give away free stuff. We do. do do that. You do give away free stuff. Uh, <laughs> um, our show is Crit Academy, a D&D discussion podcast designed to provide guidance and inspiration to all of our heroes, which is our listeners. Um, and we do that in a myriad of ways. We have our unearthed tips and tricks segment where we do – what kind of what kind of tips do we got on there? We got our character concept. Encounters, monster variant, magic item. 
DM tip, player tip. DM tip, mm-hmm. player tip. So, so all kinds of, of great stuff. We have a main topic that is revolving, uh, revolving, revolving. <laughs> um, and sometimes it's just stuff we come up with. But lately, we've been covering a lot of amazing supplements that we find on DMs Guild or articles that are just interesting and are powerful tools to help you improve your game. And of course, we are not nearly as good as these awesome fellows over at Interparty <laughs> Conflict, but we do answer questions in our own discombobulated way <laughs> yeah no i i think you guys i love your show i think you guys are great you're i love your approach and uh i don't know it's, it's really cool i always i am always excited when a new episode comes out your check is in the mail for the promotion <laughs> thank you <laughs> it better be <laughs> Um, but yes, you can check us out over at Crit Academy. We're on iTunes and all your favorite platform of choice. We mm-hmm. do. Uh, we've been creating a lot of our own D and D content for yep. DMs Guild. We have a big book that's basically a compilation that Gabe has been awesome and has helped with. Um, mm-hmm. We've been doing a lot of char- character classes. You can actually check out our Gun Mage for free. Um, yes. I know Brandon loves his Gun Mage. Yeah, I was one of the player testers. It's it's fun. It really is. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> that was okay. that was me. Sorry. Sorry. Oh my god! You can't escape it. You just got ten cool points in the game. Awesome. <laughs> so definitely uh, check that stuff out. You can find it out at criticademy.com as well yeah, as um, we have a email list. And if you sign up for that. Every week on every episode, we give away three products. So mm-hmm. all you got to do is sign up to be entered to win. You don't even have to listen to the show, really. Yeah. Because I don't check. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and and Justin, you were actually the one that helped set up our giveaway, which, speaking yes. of which, we also have a giveaway. Oh, yeah. Um, so we are today giving away a copy of Chapel on the Cliffs, courtesy of Goblin Stone. Um, so, Jeff, who is our winner this week? Our winner this week is Matt E., Whoa, 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 winner. Gobble, gobble, gobble. Yes, congratulations, Matt E. You should be getting your copy of Chapel on the Cliffs uh, within the next few days. If you don't, just let us know. We can uh, make sure that that gets, uh, that gets to you. And uh, yeah, Goblin Stone is great. They're a great, uh, great company. They, can, uh, uh, they would love a review of their product. So if you like this or you don't like it, review it and let them know uh, what you think so they can continue to make good products. And Jeff, if anybody wanted to enter this drawing... How would they do so? They could send us an email at interpartyconflict at gmail.com with Chapel on the Cliffs in the subject line. Yes. Um, and then uh, before we get into the questions, I just want to direct everybody to our Patreon. We have a bunch of wonderful patrons who have helped support the show for uh, for over a year now. And uh, we've got some great stuff on there. We've got bonus episodes. We've got outtakes. We've got a monthly Roll20 game. We have monthly fantasy fiction written by me. Speaking of our Patreon, we have a new top-tier patron, actually. Oh, we do? Yeah. Yes. This week, we have a new patron, and that patron's name is Yoda Leia Hihu. <laughs> <laughs> Yoda Leia Do you think he picked that and signed up just so you'd read that? <laughs> Probably, baby. That's brilliant. That's, that's worth the $10 he a did, month. He did tell me his name, and I, I don't... I haven't don't have it up at the moment, so I apologize. But Yodalea Hihu <laughs> is our is our new top tier patron. So uh, so thank you very much, Yodalea Hihu. Um, and also thank like you, you to all of our sorry Yodalea Hihu. There it is. <laughs> um, so thank you, and thank you to all of our all of our other patrons as well. Uh, <laughs> Patreon.com slash interpartyconflict is uh, is where you can go. Check out the rewards, see if anything appeals to you. Even a dollar a month helps out the show and gets you some cool stuff. And hey, even if you can't uh, afford to give anything, 
Just listening to the show is great. Listen to the other podcasts as well, like Crit Academy. Yeah. Uh, D&D Character Lab is another great one. Brew Force and Ignorance. Great podcasts on there. Thank you again, uh, Justin, Ian, and Brandon uh, for coming on the show. And yeah, everybody go check them out. Check everybody else out. You guys ready to go ahead and jump into some questions? Absolutely. Our, our first question comes from Lone Rev on Discord. Uh, how would you prepare for a battle royale session between players? What classes do you think would be most viable for one and why? And what have been your experiences, if any, with battle royale sessions? Were they positive? Why or why not? Oh, there's a lot of why or why nots in this. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. <laughs> uh, we actually did one of those once. Yeah, we did. Yeah, and in my experience, it was awesome. It was awesome. <laughs> Ian, what what did you do to prepare for that? Um, basically, I took went through like uh, all twelve classes, and just up front, we actually did a level twenty character battle royale. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh my! Yeah. And that, was, and that was the idiot who ran fourteen of the characters. <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. There's a reason why I killed with them off screen. <laughs> they went along because because we're at level twenty. It took forever to do everything because everything was so powerful. It's yeah. like, ah, I think I'll kill the spellcaster. So I'm like, trigger a spell sheet. <laughs> Just get to tear it off. Every ten minutes, you're like, oh, someone died. Um, so because I had like a, an announcer. Yeah. So what I liked about it is he took our um, it was meant to be a one shot in our case, and yeah. um, he tossed it together that we had each had patrons, right? Is that right? Yep. Um, and they basically summoned us for whatever reason, and for we're fun. we're yeah, I guess the, yeah, they they were all like deities like doing battle for fun and they're, taking they're, bets and stuff, right? They were not deities. We saw anything's limiting. They were pan dimensional beings. Well, what the hell ever? That sounds like a deity to me. What was a floating eyeball? A floating eyeball, uh, not a boulder. Actually, it's a floating planet. It just was in a pocket space to make it so so, so it would be appear small. Okay, so there you go. It was, it was ego. So we got summoned to this place, and we he was running all the different um, things. Um, first of all, it went great. Um, as far as what I think is the class is viable, I played a blade singer, and I will till death do me part say that is by <laughs> bar none the most viable class for. Um, a situation like that um spell gives you lots of utility and blade singing gives you defense and offensive melee capabilities mm-hmm. um i don't know how, how did you yeah. I, I seem to recall all three of you plus three other npcs all ganged up on the barbarian because he would not die <laughs> i failed to see how that's a problem <laughs> and how many of you were terrified of that monk that was going around mother <laughs> ran way too fast he might as well have been like shadow stepping <laughs> mother boop that was, oh, damn it. That's his move speed. It's all right. It's all right. <laughs> um, yeah, his move speed was ridiculous. So have you guys experienced this at all? I haven't. I have I have never done this myself. Yeah. I've always been of the impression that they would probably not be very good. But uh, like I said, I've never done it. So Yeah, it's hard. It's hard to think. Like, I I don't think that the classes are balanced against each other. They're yeah. balanced against the game, you know, like, so like the player right. classes aren't built to be, to be fighting one another yeah. in most cases. So I feel like, like, yeah, like the barbarian would be really hard to kill. You would have to gang up on them, mm-hmm. you know, where if it was like, if Everyone it was one on one, you know, if it was one on one, the barbarian, you know, is going to outlast most of them. Yeah. And it also level has to play a big role too, because if it was like first level, the wizard's going to die. <laughs> the wizard is gonna die. <laughs> um, so the one thing that I thought was interesting, and at first I was concerned about like character balance, mm-hmm. but I don't know if it's just the awesome job Ian did of running it. But our decisions, we I I don't generally play tactically, 
But I, you play tactical. You, his his <laughs> play style forced me. Okay, well that's a, I'm not fighting that. I'm gonna run away and let somebody else deal with it. Or I went and jumped in on an action that's already engaged. Because I actually recall you actually ran away. What was it? Did you run away from that, that paladin? Or I ran away from the paladin. Yeah. F that. No, I'm not getting smitten, <laughs> smitten or smitten or smite. What the smitten. hell word is? <laughs> I'm smitten with smitten. this paladin. <laughs> and by the way, it was also the Aegis paladin, so they basically like, oh, you hit me with magic, I take half damage. Yeah, so oh, I yeah. ran away, but because I knew in that situation I couldn't win, and I think Brandon ran into a similar situation. I did. Or you're I just a coward up. in general. <laughs> to be no, fair. I ran into a, uh, the monk who That's... apparently ens- enslaved me. He made me oh. his his uh, his court for a little bit. That, well, what happened was the friend's like, I'm 90 feet away from this guy. I'll be okay. He, he shoots out that the monk catches the arrow because there's a freaking monk. And then yeah. and then walked 90 feet. Right up to him, yeah. <laughs> and, then hit, and then hit him with a quivering palm. He was, which st- oh, which stuns him, right? Does that... No. It kills him. When you activate the ability again... If he fails, he dies. Right. Yeah. So you were working for him, otherwise he would just yeah, snap so his I fingers to, and you would die. I had to work for him until the end of the uh, Battle Royal. Wow. And, which the whole tactical thing came into play. Because yeah. Justin, another character, and the monk got involved in a fight, a three-way fight. And I was like, nope. <laughs> wait, <laughs> wait. I just, just stay back. So wait, wait. The Quivering Palm, you have to you you can decide not to activate it until later. Yep. Yeah, yes. you you. It's like within a week or something, you can just <laughs> yep. kill him. Yeah. So he's yep. like, "You're gonna help me, or I'm gonna kill you." <laughs> right. That is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And actually, hearing you guys saying, "You guys maybe play tactically," I'm actually impressed by that because you'd be amazed. Well, well actually, you guys DM, so probably not. But <laughs> but how how much I actually did a lot of puppetry behind the scenes and held back outright. <laughs> well, good. Yeah. That's your job as a DM. Yeah. <laughs> But, but I remember like one small example where I kind of like a forced text just to get the point across right away. Just it came up, up against a sorcerer and just was like, I'm going to cast invisible. I'm going to be okay. The sorcerer cast meteor. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. and, <laughs> yeah. I mean, he can't see me, but he doesn't really need to. <laughs> so And just like, wait, that thing hit me? Yep. Well, why did they hit him? Because he's outside the thing. But I'm standing right next to him. Yeah. He's got that much control. <laughs> um. Yeah. So if I had to give any criticism to something like this yeah. if mm-hmm. you are a know your characters well not not that i'm gonna say if you're the type that gets mad and angry easily yeah don't do something like this okay. because it, it can get infuriating if something doesn't go right or you start to get taken mm. personal with another person um because that kind of happened in our game yeah because we did have one player who at the time was still new mm-hmm. and he made a bunch of decisions that to more experience but like why would you do that? <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, and unfortunately, that was he was getting upset with that. Now the rest of us were fine, but was, was he the uh, the dragon guy that wanted to turn into a dragon? Yeah, but yeah. was mad because he couldn't. <laughs> well, he tried to, but you happened to hit him with a counter spell. Oh, <laughs> that's right, he was pissed. I canceled he, he it. Was, it was so mad. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so yeah. if you've got somebody that's got a short fuse, I would never recommend something like this. You have to yeah, be sure. adult about it. And just to like, give you like a small ex- example. I don't want. I'm not trying to beat up on him, but right. I did try to get across. Like uh, these are level twenty characters. He decided to multi-class, uh, mm-hmm. and uh, two oh. of those levels were fighter, which I understand because action surge. Yeah. The other eighteen levels were druid. The monkey said, "I'm like, oh." Because that mm. means he missed out on his capstones, which is a big deal for a druid, I think. Yeah, right? Unlimited yeah. shifting. Yeah. Yeah. And because of that, mm. he only he only do it twice. And it was one point where he was like, "I'm gonna watch him to a brown bear." I'm like, "No, you're not." Yeah. Why? Would, so, <laughs> yeah. so you, 
It is. It can be dangerous if you don't have a group of adults actually engaged in it. And if you don't understand mm-hmm. your character. And, you, and the other part of prep is come up with some, like, uh, balancing rules in place ahead of time. Like, okay, here is the item breakdown that you guys are allowed to take. Here's the mm-hmm. uh, limitations for spells, for example, that you can't take. Wait, I, no I, wish. And, okay. uh, yeah. and, and no summoning of other creatures. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah, only you can control 14 creatures, huh? Yes. That's true. <laughs> um, and so, uh, yeah. don't be afraid to... If it's just the worst 16 combatants, don't... Just because you drew up 14 characters, does that mean 14 characters have to appear? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Oh, my and goodness. And as... And the speed that was a good along, way you did it. I was not afraid to kill them off screen. Mm-hmm. But even then, I had one of like the uh, beings acting as an announcer. So <laughs> every time something died, it was like... Yeah. It helped raise the stakes, too. Right, right. Um, yeah. There is something I, I would like to add to it, too, is that the term Battle Royale is tossed around a lot, especially with the console gaming these days. Yeah. So <laughs> right. if, if it's in reference to, like, Apex or PUBG or Fortnite or something like that, a surrounding storm idea, I mm-hmm. don't know how that would be done in this game. You would make a storm that surrounds and gets smaller, just like in the... Actually, I'm a... Actually, like damage wise. Oh. Actually, in my case, I probably would have had like the floor from the outside start falling. Falling off. away. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's and our thoughts. I also know you discovered the hard way. There was a fifty foot invisible ceiling that nobody knew about. Oh yeah, I tried <laughs> to fly away and I hit a ceiling. Imagine that. <laughs> <laughs> you could probably you could probably uh, set up the mechanics for the the storm pretty easily because like the way yeah, it works mm-hmm. in those games is that like the damage amps up as the as the game goes on. Mm-hmm. Right. So, like the smaller the ring is, the more damage being outside the ring is. So you just like at a certain point you have you can't spend more than a few seconds in there unless you're like healing yourself constantly. Yeah. Yeah. And the other thing I did too was I went out of my way to say like the terrain they were in were basically geometric shapes that was black. Mm. And I also wanted to say, you don't know what this substance is. It seems like a cross between metal and stone. So it's like mm. similar to both, but neither. And I kind of did that because I didn't want anybody to cast like heat metal on the terrain or shape stone. But still, oh, give some cover and make go. it extremely durable. <laughs> it's hilarious that you think I would have thought of that. <laughs> <laughs> um, you may not have, but I guarantee you one of the other 14 NPCs would have. <laughs> yeah, but overall, um, we had a very positive experience. So mm-hmm. it really just comes down to the group. And I think that's true of everything. Okay. And yeah. if I was going to do it again, I, I don't mind doing it at level 20 with a group, right group of people. But that said, I would probably drop the levels if I did it. Yeah. Just it would save on time, and this lets bookkeeping for everyone, especially long, me. As long as my <laughs> wizard doesn't fall in a hole. Is this the funeral pyre we're using? Yeah, we our funeral pyre is actually from our our one shot <laughs> with the, the battle royale, so I cannot wait to talk about that. Okay. Right. Yeah, think, we'll, we'll get to yeah, that a little either. later. Yep. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I, we've actually, we had this question, uh, we've had this question for a few months, but I wanted to save it for you guys because I knew that, uh, you guys had talked about your battle Royale on a, a previous episode of your show and it, it sounded like, Ian, it sounded like you knocked it out of the park. So I, nailed it. so I, I thought that you guys would have, uh, have some good insight into to this yeah, question because yeah. I don't really have a good response to it. I haven't done it myself. And in a summarize, don't be afraid to put restrictions in place ahead of time. Let your mm-hmm. players know what most of them are. Yeah, <laughs> most of them. <laughs> and um, and just be free to communi- communicate and just definitely do the prep ahead of time for the NPCs. Sure, definitely. And as for um, and as for my, my opinion of what classes are viable, I am actually going to say all of them. That was a damn good answer. Okay. Because because a lot of it is how 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 do you build them? How are you playing them? And um and one 
more reason why I'll say all of them is you'd be amazed what people will pull, do. They'll surprise you out of a hat. Right. And we'll save that for later. Right. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Oh. All right. And and uh, just one more thing about uh, you guys were talking about, like, you know, being mature and everything. I think that that, that applies to really all kinds of PvP. Don't, yeah. don't ever engage in PvP in a role-playing game unless everybody's on board and everybody is, is mature about it. And, or in some circumstances, if it makes sense story-wise. Sure, sure. Yeah. I was pretty a P.O.'d at Brandon after that game, though. <laughs> All right. <laughs> but well, you'll find we'll, out in the funeral pile. We'll, we'll get to that. We'll get it to was that. Genius. It was justified. <laughs> Our next question comes from David P. on Facebook. What are some apps or resources you can recommend to keep track of campaign notes? A notebook. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right, you know. I mean, really, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Personally, I, I do keep a lot of physical notes because, well, because I didn't have a smartphone until just a few months ago. Um, but even when I do use my smartphone, I basically just use Google Docs. I just kind of, I just keep like, and that makes sense. you know, just whatever thought comes in my mind, I just, I type it into a, a document so that I can refer back to it later. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Just keeping good general notes is good, but like there are apps and stuff that are like set up in a way where you can, like, you can create you, they're they're set into categories. So you can like these are my characters. These mm-hmm. are the these are places and people and and items and you know like you can sort of make like a little you know a little flow chart or something out of it. So yeah, okay. I, I'm actually going to recommend an app that is not a D and D app. Okay, and, the, and I'm only recommending this because I always happen to have it on my phone. It's like one of the first apps I actually picked up. When I first got a smartphone back when I was in college. But there's one called Color Note. And it is a note. It's simply a note-taking app. Okay. But it's, but it's made to look like Post-it notes. It can change what color each uh, notes are, so you can mm-hmm. color code. So for, for different types of notes, if you want. Yes, I use uh, Microsoft OneNote for that very reason. Um, yeah. Of all the the tools I've ever used to DM, Microsoft OneNote, in my opinion, is the best because you can not only do the Post-it note things, but you can interlink all the different stuff. Um, and it fits together really, really well. You can make folders within folders within little OneNote links, and it can all bind and link together very fluidly. Um, mm-hmm. And it's free. <laughs> yeah, and you can back up back. It does have a backup feature, so I get, I'm not sure where it goes. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> to, the, the to, that, though, to that cloud thing everyone's talking about. Yeah. Right, but the point though is you can. That way you can use the same notes across multiple devices if you have to. Oh, very Which is cool. another plus mm-hmm. that Google Docs would have, as yeah. you yourself pointed out. Yeah. I like Google Docs, too. So or uh, uh, just, like, uh, note cards, a cork board, and some, and some yarn that you can, like, you know, string, like connect lines between. And <laughs> if like you want to look like a maniac, yes. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, with Charlie from, uh, from It's Always Sunny. Yeah. Like that, that picture. Um, I find, or at least I used to way back in the day, like, uh, maybe five or six years ago, I used to have a, every time I would start a new D and D campaign, I would make a wiki dot site. I'm sure there are probably better sites for this now, but <laughs> it's, it's basically just like a, uh, like a blog spot or something like that, but it's just some sort of like a little personalized website with easy to use, you know, HTML and stuff that you can like create charts and stuff with. I would mm-hmm. use those to keep track of. Uh, locations players had been to, NPCs they had met. I would have like a tab for each character so that the players could go and they could edit like what their wish list was, what their goals were and such. Um, I found that to be really useful. And I also do recommend the website Obsidian Portal as well because it okay. actually is a website where you do register 
but you do keep checking your campaigns. The DM, mm-hmm. he can create his own private notes. The players can get their own input, kind of like what you were just saying. So cool. I think Roll20 works really well, too. Even if you don't use it as a platform to play, mm-hmm. storing character um, character, uh, character notes, item notes, special items that the players get like if you write like a ransom note or something all that stuff can be presented in there for anyone to look at outside of the game you can mm-hmm. also include um like uh, uh we had we had uh dm scotty on from uh, uh the dm's craft and he introduced mm-hmm. uh, me to the idea of scene setters so i use um roll 20 and i upload images to it and they're scene setters that represent every scene so instead of having to have big maps or anything i got a picture like well it's not up there now because i pulled it down but i had like a big icy mountain when they went into the icy mountain stronghold and it's just a backdrop for when they're in those areas and so i can use roll 20 in that way plus for music and stuff which is fantastic so even if you don't use it to run your games it's a very good uh dm resource Cool. Yeah, I I only use we only I say that we have a roll twenty game every month. It's really a Google Hangouts game every month because <laughs> most of the because like sometimes somebody's voice chat won't work with 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 roll twenty, so we have to use Google Hangouts anyway. And I don't really use like a battle mat or anything, so most of the time it's just on Google Hangouts. But if I did use roll twenty itself for more of the stuff that we do, I'm sure yeah, there's tons of of. Yeah. Uh, really good resources yeah, to use in there. Some right. of us still roll the dice and stuff in there. Yeah. And then like, you know, y- you can always like, if you needed to post something, you know, or like, yeah, you can use like the draw picture if you had to like illustrate something, you know, or send the private message. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> like passing those to, to the GM or vice versa. Yeah. That's definitely a good, uh, a good resource for that. And roll 20 saves like anything that's typed into the chat is always there. So you oh can always God, refer yes. back to it. If you like to write out long winded, um, uh, narrations <laughs> yeah. you can post it in there so that the you, players don't have to say what was that again because it's saved i said it mm-hmm. once pay attention mm-hmm. it's there go read it yourself um yeah. that was one of my favorite features of that so. yeah we recently got a question about uh flavor text like you know like box mm-hmm. text in an adventure and we'll we'll go into in depth in a future episode but that sort of thing is great because if you just read it to the players they might not get more than 10% of it, you know, actually in their brains. But if it's there that they can refer back to, right, then right. that's that's perfect. So, yeah. And I really like, Justin, your idea about uh, putting, uh, I guess you said it was DM Scotty's idea of putting like like pictures that just set the tone for the yeah. for the scene. It, it works really, really well. I just started doing that. So it's fantastic. Yeah. So, Ian, you were saying Obsidian Portal. Yep. And then and then Roll20. Yep. And I just use Google Docs, really, for yeah. that sort of thing. Google Docs is probably the one I use the most next to my one note. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Just, or just like crazy etchings on your wall. <laughs> Jeff is still just, uh, <laughs> they're not crazy. They're just etchings, man. No, no. I, every, there's this, I have a system. Okay. <laughs> That's what I see. That, see, now you're understanding. I told you they're not crazy. They're just, they're there. That's all what the doctor says. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Our next question comes from Shadowhand Silverbones on Steam. What are some things that have changed about your DM or play style as you got older? Yeah. I mean this is a it's going to be hard to admit that any of these things are because I'm getting older. <laughs> Not just because <laughs> oh I'm I'm just becoming a more uh, mature, more refined <laughs> wiser. player, more wiser exactly. More experienced. A DM yeah. like fine wine. Uh I'll I'll say that one thing that's definitely changed is that I am a lot less uh, a lot less goofy, I guess. Like I, I don't sure. shut down goofy stuff when other people come up with it, but 
I am much more likely to make a a character or whatever that is is more somber rather than like sure. ridiculous. Yeah. Now I don't DM much mm-hmm. because I I I think I'm a better player than I'm a DM, but and I'm not sure I have like the temperament to DM or the patience to do it all the time. Yeah. But I do feel that the more as time goes by, the more laid back I am about things, like mm-hmm. not swing the small stuff. Yeah. You're welcome. Get, and I do <laughs> like prep work is important, but I one of the best no, tips we ever had from our guests though is just to, just write down the most important info and note cards and just wing the rest because yeah. the players will tell, no help tell the story for you. <laughs> um, I'm gonna I'm gonna agree with most of what you said, but remember all those notes I tell you I take? I don't. I wing every single session. It's all right from the hip. Yeah. The only yeah. time it's not from the hip is when I run a mod and. I really don't even read that in advance anymore. I used to get these elaborate (laughs) – Brandon is a good example. You've seen the elaborate stuff I used to do. I used to craft my own stuff. I had a new dungeon when they came up. You know what I finally realized? That is a waste of my time because as soon as they hang a left instead of a right, I just wasted eight, nine hours of my week. Or another good example I just thought of because, of course, I did was we're we're currently doing Storm King's Thunder. And we're in the section where we were inside, like, the uh, forge that was, like, the uh, HQ, if you will, of the fire giants. And we were trying oh, yeah. to stealth our way through. And we... Stealth? Get, I said attempt. <laughs> <laughs> and, get, and we uh, failed it. And, of course, if large fire giant then yelled, Who the heck are you guys? And I was just purely thinking on my feet when I did this. I'm actually surprised I did it. I managed to pull this off. I'm playing a warlock in the party. And I'm like, like I stuck my hand inside my cloak quickly cast participation mm-hmm. about a clipboard and you know surprise inspection suckers <laughs> <laughs> yeah so if i had done what i've done in the past which is prepare that whole thing they would have walked right by it and i would have wasted my time so that's one of the big thing that's changed with me is i don't prepare nearly as much stuff sure i miss how beautiful it looks how cool it was to set up but i yeah. just had way too many points where i felt like i was forcing my players into locations because mm-hmm. I put so much work into it, and I hate doing that. And, right. and to be fair, I rolled really high on my bluff and convinced everybody but the foreman in that room. And when he tried to attack me, I'm like, you banished him, you bastard. Yep. <laughs> what about you, B? As a DM, and Justin taught me this, is You're welcome. to never say no to your players. And that's yeah. because they do some of the best things when they when you, when you say that. Which is funny, because <laughs> I'm pretty sure I say no. It's like, but, can I do this? Go ahead. <laughs> Go ahead and do it. You mean like that one time I was being grabbed by a, a Chucky doll? And I decided to uh, fight it by diving into the great ooze we were also fighting. <laughs> yeah, you're you're a bastard. But uh, my players are more are smarter than me. It's no fun. I would say, as a player, when I first started out, I always thought this was, it was kind of a railroaded t- kind of game. You walk mm-hmm. in, into a room, and that's all you see is just the room. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. I slowly learned that everything can be a weapon. Yeah. There's always something hidden somewhere. Including the enemies you're fighting. Including the enemies you're fighting. <laughs> and I think you learned a lot of that because I started DMing and you you developed with me. Like I think both of our play styles changed as we played more and more. I think I think so. Like I actually posted this in uh, our Facebook group earlier, and that is the mundane, useless adventures equipment that you get. I love manacles. In the adventures kit, one of the things I had as a wizard was 50 feet of silk rope. Mm-hmm. And it's just rope. Okay, so what can we use rope for? A lot. You can use it to swing across something, tie something shut, or climb out a window. And we were doing some secret meeting with an NPC, so I took an ale bottle 
and I unthreaded part of the silk rope and I made a makeshift proximity alarm at our front door. Mm, okay. And I don't think I would have thought of that if I was a new player. Yeah. What about you guys? Like Justin, I think I, I wing a lot more than I used to. Um, even to the point where sometimes I will wing entire like entire encounters and by encounters I mean like the stats for all of the monsters. I'll just be like <laughs> Yeah, this monster feels like it should be uh, maybe a 13, 14 AC. Yeah, sure, it probably has a two or three attack bonus. Yeah, I'll just roll a die and see what damage it does. Okay, yeah, yeah, okay, the encounter's over. And I think that's a good thing and a bad thing. It's a good thing because that means I have to spend less time prepping, but then it's a bad thing because I spend less time prepping on purpose. So, yes. But then that's how you end up with orcs named Dennis. <laughs> yeah, I guess, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not all bad. I just... Uh, it's hard to motivate myself to actually do prep now because I'm like, eh, I'll just wing it all. <laughs> but in, and I, I agree with that because I feel like, and this might be because this is now my DM style from the very, because I played a lot of, you played a lot of fourth edition too, where it's very yeah. rigid. It's yeah. very tactical. Your monsters do this. They move this square. They do this. They go here. They pull this. They do that. As a and, player though, that's what I love about fourth edition. Right. And, <laughs> yeah. and, and I yeah. liked it too, but in 5e, because it's so more, so free flowing and the players have so much more i want i feel like they have more power but that might just be my change in dm experience but hmm. they have so much control over that stuff that i don't want to waste time on the stuff that's not important does it really matter if i draw out a room and, and versus just describe a room if they yeah. go left i can describe in the room that's to the left or to the right but if i have to draw it out every time i waste precious game time drawing on a map um, if I do it in advance, I waste my precious home time drawing out a map, so I'm losing either way. And yeah. I obviously the DM and the players always had like some like um, flexibility, if you will. But I think fifth, fifth edition in particular was very good at that, like making uh, up new things on the spot. What using it, the uh, game I played last Saturday as an example, we were fighting in the room full of elementals, and I got punched by a fire elemental and caught on fire. <laughs> and yeah. there was one moment where the uh, DM was like, "So let me get this straight." The fire element will let you on fire. Yep. And your solution to put out the fire is to dive inside the water elemental, which you are also fighting. That is correct. <laughs> Sounds like a good solution. Yeah. yeah. It, it, it's like, but you'll be taking drowning checks and being grappled. Yep, but that's also what my character would do, and he's on fire and not thinking straight. Right. But then, the very next turn, I'm like, so I still have Dragon's Breath because the wizard gave it to me, so I'm going to use Ice Breath, and he was like, um... Raw, he, he gets a save, but you're inside it, so I have no idea how the heck you'll dodge, so it'll just take full damage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that's just one example, though. Of, uh, sure, what sure. A, what about Jeff? I don't. I think we steamrolled him. Yeah, Jeff. Uh, oh, Jeff actually left a long time ago. Yeah, no, um, no, 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 it's hard to room. tell he's not on screens. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Um, well, yeah, I was, I was actually trying to think, because like, I, I kind of go back and forth um, on like things that I've learned as a player. Because, like, I go back and forth between, like, just going with it. So, mm -hmm. like, like if, if the game is on rails, whatever. Somebody's crafted this and they want to tell me a story. I'll listen to the story. And yeah. I'm going to, you know, have a little fun on the way. That's fine. But then sometimes I'll sit out down at the table. I'm like, no, I don't care if this orc invasion is supposed to, like, what is it? The beginning of um, uh, Storm King's Thunder. There's like there's like an invading orc army or something. Yeah. And I'm like, no, no, I want to I want to I want to talk to these people to these guys like mm -hmm. i want to i want to try and get them on my side like i want to take over this like i want to take over this town myself and i want these orcs working for me but like you know nowhere in the book is it like oh if you want to try and work with the orcs here's what you know here's what yeah. you need to roll 
it's very much like, no, you're not supposed to do that. You're supposed to do this other thing, you creep. So, <laughs> so like, yeah, I keep going back and forth between like, you know, like, no, I'm going to make my, I'm going to make my own path because I know how to work. I know how to work the game and just going with the flow because why, you know, why, why make waves when we, when everybody could be having fun, you know? Yeah. Right. Right. Um, and then I'm also breaking the game a lot as far as when I'm uh, creating my characters. I'm like, okay, how can I stretch the rules as far as I as far as I can? And then like I'm always going on sage advice, going, why would you rule it, rule it that way? <laughs> like, sure. Like I like to learn the rules in a way that like if I sat down at a table with a completely new group, like I'd be able to be like, you know, we. There wouldn't be too much arguing on on a thing because mm-hmm. it's like, well, this is, you know, this is what the rule is. I mean, and if obviously the DM wants to do it a different way, that's another story. Sure. But, uh, you know, I, I just like everybody being on the same playing field. So I like knowing what each of the rules mean, you know, and like it, 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 different ways that they can be used. Because like some of the wording, like on some of the rules in fifth edition are weird when it comes to melee attacks melee mm-hmm. weapon attacks ranged attacks ranged weapon attacks a we- yeah. you know a weapon attack versus a spell attack versus a you know it's versus sometimes it gets a attack. little yeah. <laughs> yeah it's like melee spell attack a ranged spell attack you know like you know certain abilities only work if it's a melee attack some abilities work if it's any attack whatsoever mm-hmm. and you know, it's like well ah, whatever yeah Right. I feel like I've I've gotten more critical of the rules yeah. in recent, like in in older edition in 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 older year in younger years actually is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> when Are I was you younger, sure? I when I was younger, I probably would have like just been like, oh yeah, that's the rules. Okay, whatever. But nowadays, I'm like, but why is that the yeah. rule? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I'm always asking why, yeah. especially with the with the sage advice stuff. I'm like, but why? Don't yeah. just say that it's this. Tell me why. Like why can't why can't thrown weapons work like ammunition? Sure. Like, sure. why am I limited to that? Like, is there is there is there a uh, advantage to, you know, using thrown weapons versus uh, ammunition weapons to where you have to limit the number of weapons that you can throw? Mm-hmm. I don't know. What? <laughs> that's, that's, Velocity. <laughs> well, I'm pretty sure an arrow hits harder than a rock. <laughs> Well, no, that, that's what I'm, that's if what if I'm saying. Throw it hard enough. Well, that's what I'm saying though, because like you know, there is there is like there's. Like you can throw less, you can't throw as many weapons as you can, as as like arrows you can shoot, at least Mm -hmm. at like higher levels or something like that, because like you can only draw so many weapons Yeah. because you have to draw them to throw them. You can't, you can't throw five daggers because you can only draw three in a round because you have to like, you can have two in your hand, throw two of them, draw one because you get one free draw and Mm -hmm. throw that one. So you can only ever, ever, you know, throw three daggers. But, yep. you know, Gabe, what are you doing to him? Just let him throw what he wants. <laughs> <laughs> Dang it, Jeff. It says in the book you can only throw three daggers. Right. So, you know, I got bags of hol- hol- holsters on each side of my pocket. And bags full of holsters. Bags of holsters. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, if there's a re- if there's a reason for it, I'd like to know. It's like, oh, OK, well, if you did like, you know, the reason why we have it this way is so you can't do this because it's too powerful yeah but they don't explain that they just like well that's just the way we wrote it so if you want to make a cool dagger throwing character you'll have to ask your dm for permission 
I totally yeah, no. get what you're saying, but if they answered questions that way, they would have to answer every question to every design decision they've made and why they've made it. And that would be like three or four books of its own, which they have that. It's called 3.5 and Pathfinder. Yeah. You know what they could do is you should be able to throw six in a turn, six daggers in a turn. You have three in each hand. Just gambit that stuff across at the enemy and just have disadvantage on the throw. Sure, <laughs> sure. <laughs> Um, and uh, just one more thing before we move on. I, I feel like I've noticed that as a player, I am constantly trying to make the gaming experience as easy for the DM as possible. Sure. I make characters that are easy for the DM to find story hooks in. I try to, I tend to tend toward characters that are more party based so as to make it easier for the group to come together and stay together. Yeah. Probably just because I've spent so much time being a DM that I know the difficulties of being a DM, so I'm trying to account yeah. for that. Yeah, Gabe, would, yeah. Can I cut that audio and put it into our show for our next player tip? <laughs> if you want to. <laughs> but yeah, like any anytime like I'm joining a group, I'm always the last person to make my character because like I make characters all the time. Yeah. I you know, like I don't I don't mind playing whatever role needs to be filled. So like that is definitely something that like you know, like I don't go for the thing I want. I go for the thing that's needed and I, and I turn it into something I want. Sure. Sure. Our next question comes from Benicula 83 on discord. In your opinion, what is the role of a bard? All of them. Yeah. Ian, yeah. That seems like you have something for this. <laughs> that's the answer. Sure. All of them. Cause what, what you were just saying, I believe the bard is very much a Swiss army knife character, especially depending <laughs> on how you build them. Mm-hmm. I, More I, so I still... in fifth edition than any other. I want to oh, say. Yeah. yeah. Like I, most people wouldn't even think about it as as such, but I once in a one shot ran a Calder Wizard's Bard as a melee character, and he was quite oh. competent as it. Very cool. And okay. he just uses spells on their abilities to basically buff himself and as other party mm-hmm. members. So yeah, and the- I agree with you 100. Um, percent In fact, I agree so much that I have made my own class bard bard subclass called the war chanter and you should check that out it should be out soon yeah there you go um, give me the link whenever it's out i'll put it in the show notes bards yeah, do everything bard, yeah bards yeah. bards pretty great in fifth edition like it like in in the earlier editions like they were they, they're cool in in concept uh and like the whole bardic knowledge thing was a little weird mm-hmm. but like but they've definitely like done a really good job with them in fifth edition. I want to say they've come into their own, but by come into their own, right, I yeah. mean, they're good at everything. Right. Yeah. They've, they've gone into others yeah. you know, rather like, than coming into it's their like own. It's like with most classes, they'll with, with most classes, they'll be at like a hundred percent with one particular build, but then like maybe 50% with a bunch of other builds. Yeah. I feel like bards are 90% with one build and then like 75% with all other builds. So they're, they're really good at just about anything. The one thing that I think that I don't, I don't know if anybody agrees with me. I think the bard is the best healer though, because the best okay. kind of damage is that, that you don't take. And they've got such an art arsenal yeah. features that just avo- help avoid damage. Um, yeah. So is it better to do one vicious mockery and cause a miss or try that for 20 damage and then try to heal through it with a cure wounds for 1d8 or just use a cantrip to make that attack miss altogether? So I think yeah. in my opinion, they are the best healer because of that. So, but uh, yeah. that's just my opinion. So yeah, there was, yeah. there was a, there was a build I was, I was uh, doing with, it was uh, uh, two levels of divination wizard, and and then the rest in like bard basically so you can get uh 
you can have like the the potent the potent dice or whatever or what was it called portent portent dice portent yeah. dice uh so you can like you know give people different roles or save their butts by giving the enemy a different role or something mm-hmm. like that then you have the bardic uh you know inspiration and then i think what is it the school of lore college oh, of that, lore yeah uh, is that the one where you can you can change other things you can use your inspiration to instead affect negatively affect uh enemy roles uh, i think that's the one with cutting words right yeah yeah cutting words okay yeah that's the one so just like just being able to like dictate the dice in such a way like Mm -hmm. it was like it was like it was i was trying to go purely support where like i like it doesn't matter what i do because i'm going to make sure that everybody else is going to be able to like achieve what they're trying to do so Mm -hmm. like if that if that fighter's going in for that last hit that we just need one more hit I'm like, all right, here, you know, take, take this roll. It's over, you know, it's over 12. You're going to, you're, you're, you're going to hit, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't really think there's much else to say there. Bards yeah. are, they, they are very much a Swiss army knife. They're whatever you need them to be whenever you need them to be it. And also they have sex with everything. Apparently. Ah, uh, you beat me to it. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, some parts back why they keep uh, cure disease on hand. Well, there's in uh, we cover the the malady codex, and there's actually an STD you can get. Oh wow! So oh, no. I thought was hilarious. <laughs> Don't worry, baby. I got cure wounds or cure disease. <laughs> well, I think that'll do it for our regular questions, but we do still have our social media questions for this week. So last week's question was: Have you ever encountered a curse? A, sorry, a cursed item in game. Does one either count? <laughs> Kind of. <laughs> um, do you guys have uh, have any examples that uh, you uh, got? I passed out a bag of scolding. Yeah. Um, and it just talks a lot of shit when they try to put stuff in her. And she's got a, a southern black woman accent. Yeah. And she's constantly like, how are you going to just put stuff in my bag without telling me? Yep. You need my permission. <laughs> you should ask first. So I would consider that a cursed item. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Item, items with attitude. Yeah. Yeah. It's fun. It's a lot of fun. I've never, as a player, I've never encountered one. I, I've dished a couple out as a DM, but neither have I. Mm-hmm. So I don't. Call one. How about you guys? Yeah, the only one that I've personally encountered was um, it was a necklace that just it it was a really good necklace, but it made me I had to spend a lot of money drinking all the time. <laughs> so it, you know, my barbarian wants that item. Yeah, it added to the character more than it took away. So. How about Jeff? <laughs> yeah, nothing. Uh, nothing that I can remember anything specific. Like I, I've. You know, I've dealt with curses, but no cursed items. So yeah, yeah. I'll tell you which cursed item is going to make it into one of my games coming up. We just covered one yesterday in our show. Do you guys remember what that was called? I mean, two days ago. Was it two days ago? Yeah, it was Sunday. I want the mustache. Yes. Yeah, so do you remember what it was called? <laughs> no. Hang on, I, I got this. You, it, I promise this is just. What wasn't it given or submitted by some guy named Drushbag? Yes, Drushbag. So the magic item is. Let's scroll down here. This I want to put this in my game so bad because it made me, it was so hilarious. It's called. Uh, it, it, okay, it's called. Uh, it's just, it doesn't have a name. It's just the wonder. It's a wondrous item uncommon. It says the gl- a glorious fake mustache that sticks to your upper lip. Did, I might have heard this on your show actually. The mustache compels people to compliment its quality curse oh, whenever I... somebody compliments the mustache it falls off your lip 
<laughs> I don't think that was from our show. Oh, I must. I don't know if I heard it somewhere, but I found it on D and D Beyond, and I was cracking up. And I think it's hilarious. This would be a great bard item, or somebody that likes a disguise kit, and you give it to them, but don't tell them what the curse is. So yeah. they walk up there. Yes, I am, you know, noble king. Blah blah blah. And oh, mustache. Oh, mustache. Your mustache is really lovely. Thank you, sir. Falls right and off. <laughs> Mustache. Oh, that's good. <laughs> so I'm going to definitely be tossing that one, but I don't use a whole lot of curse items because I feel like my DMing style is curse enough. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, you can um, do a lot of damage without without cursed items. Yeah. Sure, sure. We got uh, just a few. We didn't really get very many responses for this online, but uh, on yeah. Facebook, Nathan H. says, I spring cursed items on my party all the time. Turned one of my PCs from a man to a woman and made another one paranoid by constantly asking if she was still holding her new sword. (laughs) Turns out if she got more than 10 feet away, she went deaf. But for the longest time, she thought I was just trying to make her paranoid. Oh, my gosh. That's that's great. (laughs) So it's not that she was like, it's not that her sword was like getting up and walking away. It's just the DM wanted to know, is it within 10 feet of you? And uh, it's like, where's she your sword? Paranoid. Where's wait? Where's your sword? She's in the oh. house with that thing cuddled up to her. Like, that'd be a, oh. so that that that's a that's a great idea for like a cur- The curse isn't like the deafness thing or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's just the curse is the paranoia. So <laughs> if you're constantly ac- asking your your car- the your your player like, wait, where's your sword? Do you have your sword? Is it with you? You know, like just, just always just slip that in there every once in a while. And so yeah. like, then they kind of start to get nervous and paranoid, but like, that's the curse is that now they're paranoid about this sword. So maybe they'll never let it go now. You know, <laughs> maybe it's a little bit of a meta curse, but I like right. it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. Um, over on Reddit, Werebear Esquire says the rogue in our dungeon of the mad mage campaign picked up a long sword that turned out to be cursed. The curse was that she could not put it down. It being a long sword, she could not use sneak attack with it, and she couldn't use her bow and arrow either since one hand was occupied by the sword. Whoa. Luckily, we encountered an ooze soon after, and she went right up to it and sunk the sword in it until the ooze <laughs> ate her sword. I think she took acid damage in the process, but it was worth it to get rid of the dang sword. That's awesome. She's careful about picking up stray items now. That's good. That's awesome. That's I good that. right there. Thank God an ooze. <laughs> 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 Uh, we just got one on Twitter from Collins B in the Captain Connor Nephi Grayson campaign, which we've uh, I think we've talked about that character before. An ally hit an enemy general mid battle with hideous laughter. So I went up, stole his warhammer, and smashed his head with it. It became his signature weapon named the Truth, and turned out to be cursed, making him really enjoy killing. Mm. He was lawful good and practiced the law of the third offense only killing an enemy after they refused to surrender three times. This item made that really difficult until he swapped it out for a hammer of lightning bolts. <laughs> so I like the idea of cursed items, like interfering with someone's code. Sure. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, you mentioned the repeating three times. All I can imagine is Sheldon Cooper running around with this thing um, and asking the three. Do you surrender? Do you surrender? Do you surrender? And then beating him with it. I love to think of yeah. the character from Austin Powers. Right, right. That one too. <laughs> um, I, I have three questions for you. I thought a fun cursed item. I think we covered it once was a circlet that once you put it on, the only way to get it off was uh, like a remove curse spell or something like that. And the curse was that it constantly cast uh, zone of th- truth around you. Right, I do remember that. Always got to be yeah. honest. So you could never lie about anything. But you know, nobody around you either. 
It's like, yeah, um, I really got to go. I'm really busy. Actually, I'm not busy. I just have to, I don't want to talk to you. (laughs) (laughs) We got a a few on discord. I don't think I'm going to read all of them, but uh, I'll read, I'll read a couple. Uh, Stiltskin Kupo 84 says one time we had picked up a stash of treasures and after we had separated and started equipping them, a little teddy bear started following our youngest player. He got really freaked out and tried to kill it. That's not creepy as hell. (laughs) Oh my God. Uh, And got even more freaked out when it got angry at him. But then he tried calming down and the bear calmed down in response. I forget how he got rid of the thing, but I'm tempted to say that the cursed item got destroyed by a trap or something in a manner that saved his life but killed the bear. Another time, a guy used a wish spell to get a holy Avenger sword that only gained a bonus versus vampires. And the DM gave him one, but it made him smell like a skunk. (laughs) <laughs> that was fun role playing in town. A DMPC in one of our campaigns had us find him a mask on our first adventure and put it on only to find he couldn't take it off. He then adopted the name mask, which led me to believe this was planned by the DM all along. He was half crazy without the mask. So it didn't make a difference that he was nearly full crazy with the mask on. <laughs> <laughs> Just gave him an excuse. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Debrasaur says, I love throwing cursed items into games. It's even better when the players don't know what's causing them. Everything from, wow, small spiders really seem to like you. I hope we don't run into any big ones to, hey, Deb, why am I having to roll on the madness table so much? Super bonus if the item is sentient and doesn't come off because it's personally, its personality is really clingy, possibly with abandonment issues. (laughs) (laughs) It sounds like my dog. Yep. And then, uh, finally, uh, Jason says, in my last game, my friend Nick was playing a dwarf druid with low charisma. The joke was that everyone liked his pet bear better. I gave him cursed Otiug hide armor, which basically is rhino hide armor, but it smells so bad you get a stench attack. He ended up rolling with it and incorporating it into his role playing. That's the only cursed item I've done so far. <laughs> so, yeah, it's uh, some a good, uh, good uh, assortment there. Oh, I love. I, I like. I like Otiugs. I don't know. Yeah. Just the just garbage monsters. Like, <laughs> they're just they're just oddly charming to me. Yeah. <gasps> That's an encounter idea right there. Put an Oteg in like a in the basement of like a tavern, and there's just a hole that leads down to feed it. <laughs> yeah, I am um, not quite the same thing. I had an, an adventure where the players were in a uh, a goblin cave, and there was a pit that they used as a toilet and it just had a gelatinous cube at the bottom. So they would just oh, nice. go to the bathroom into the pit and then the gelatinous cube would just absorb everything. That's pretty cool. We had, we ran a campaign, uh, one of Jeff Stevens adventures where the toilet was a, a bag of holding. Oh. And then one of the players oh, was I, drunk, taking yeah. a leak and then dumped it inside out. And it went everywhere, filling up like the first two floors of the tower. <laughs> so I love, yeah. I love stuff like that. <laughs> Oh. Yeah, I heard that on your show, and it's uh, that's that's a pretty disgusting. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty bad. Uh, yeah. Uh, so anyway, that was last week's question. This week's question is: What's the weirdest response you've gotten when explaining D and D to someone? Do any of the three of you have any particular experiences with this? Aren't you too old to play make believe? Right. There you that's go. One I've gotten more than once, and I'm like, well. It's better than wasting my money on booze and cigarettes. Oh, I'm sorry. You drink and dr- smoke, don't you? Yeah. Isn't it the witchcraft game? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I've had right. that reaction. What's D&D? Yeah. It's like playing a book. Yeah. <laughs> Reading it. Yeah. You're being an actor. Yeah. One of the weird – there was another weird one I had. Um, a guy at work asked me uh, about it, and he's like, so you, I see you reading that, that Dungeons & Dragons book. What is, what is that all about? And I was like – I went into my kind of rant, and he's like, 
that sounds kind of stupid. I'm like, <laughs> well, oh, well, okay, it's not for everyone. What do you do in your spare time? Play fantasy football? I was like, oh, yeah, let's yeah. have a conversation about that. <laughs> I thought Rocket League was kind of stupid until yeah. I spent four yeah. hours playing it. <laughs> so... Uh, yeah, I've always argued that the fantasy football is nerdier than D and D. Yeah, I feel the same way. Uh, I don't think it was necessarily a. Well, I guess it was a reaction to it. Uh, my family was doing game night once a month, and mm-hmm. I brought up during one of our game nights, like, okay, so all right, Brandon and Jesse, we're gonna go to your place for next month's game night. What should we do? It's like we should play D and D. Like D and D, what's that? Dungeons and Dragons. And my aunt's like. No, I am not <laughs> playing that Demon Devil game. That's like, still my mom's reaction to this day, even though logically she should not be thinking that way because my dad played it in college, my uncle played it in college, my un- my cousin in the Salvation Army plays it. I've had guys run it at church. I mean, I play with a guy who's a past a son of not one but two pastors from my church who bought him D and D books for Christmas. <laughs> You know what Wait I, a minute, I just heard? Aren't you from the family of demon worshippers that I heard about? <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, he must be a spawn of a demon. I'm sorry, we interrupted yeah, you, Brandon. But you get what I'm oh, saying. Yeah. I, I had to explain to her, it's like, no, no, this isn't what the 80s makes it out to be. It, it's not about kids cutting themselves and worship, worshipping the devil or anything. Yeah. We don't worship them, we just ally with them. We don't worship them, we, yeah. we, we kill them. That's a good <laughs> we reaction. We kill them more often than anything else. Well, right, right, yeah. I think it was cool was the first time I met my wife's father. We were playing, like, uh, what, Texas Hold'em? was just an average thing. It's like, okay, so this is the kind of thing mm-hmm. that he plays. He turns around, grabs a map, a uh, one of those uh, dry erase map boards, throws yep. out, goes, you guys ever play D&D? Like, ha, ha. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good reaction. He's been That's pretty good, yeah. It yeah. started, and wow. Nice. Uh the only one that comes to mind for me is a few months ago at one of the library games, uh, an older gentleman showed up. I think I might even talk about this on the show. An older gentleman showed up and he was like, is this a, is this a cult? <laughs> and we're like, uh, nope. Nope. <laughs> so he sat game. in, he sat in on a game for like five minutes and then left. So <laughs> yeah, is this a cult? It's like, oh, this isn't a cult. This is a bunch of nerds. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's like, it's almost disappointing. It's like, oh, if it was a cult, it'd be interesting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> This is the cult. It's all math nerds. It's just, just trying to think of a way to describe D and D is like it's like a, a um, it's a book club. But instead of sitting around thinking about how this character should have acted, you get to be that character and act how you want it to. You know, you want it to. Yeah, it's like, it's like choose your own adventure, but you have more choices. All right, <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. Uh, all right, so I think that'll do it for uh, for this week's questions. So I guess um, let's let's wind down a little bit. Let's take a deep breath. <sighs> Let's remember those who have come before us, those who have uh, who have maybe given their lives so that we may have a better world to live in as we toss another log onto the funeral pyre. So we've got uh, we've got you three here. So one or all three of you have a story to uh, to share for the funeral pyre. Is that correct? Yes. yes. How, how we we've we've made several gonna, several um, references to it. Fight I'll open it up. Okay. All right, go for it. Fine, Get. I want to do whatever. Get. It's my kill. Get. You gave it away. Spoilers. It's death. <laughs> but I never said who's it's, death. It's, it's the purifier. It's still a death. All right, let's Get. let's okay. go. My wife is waiting for me. Okay, this <laughs> is during the uh, Battle Royale game you mentioned. And as mm-hmm. I said before, each uh, 
player got their own patron, if you will. Justin's patron was a floating planet that was in the pocket space, so it could basically inter still interact with humans. Just don't stand in this five-foot uh, square it's standing in. <laughs> right. It's a pretty cool guy. Yeah. So And, and uh, it turned out that during the fight, only two characters were left on the board. Justin's character. What? What? You're, my character needs an epic death, not what happened. So, <laughs> mind you, I'm rocking the Blade Singer. Um, there's a meteor storm crashing around him. He's using his blade. He's cutting through him. He's he's disintegrating. He is destroying everything. He is demolishing every challenger except for that stupid paladin that he he avoided while somebody else killed him. Who killed a monk? Huh? Me. Okay. <laughs> I killed most of the people, which is why I was mad that – okay, so, so Kaladin is rocking some <laughs> here he's destroying it he looks around there's nobody left his patron approaches him out of the blue out of the blue. what does his patron say brandon do you remember his patron says there's one full left find him destroy him claim your prize or something claim like your that prize that's what he said so kaladin turns he gets a, he, the 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 patron points in the direction kaladin turns <laughs> and uh Kaladin feels a very sharp pain within his kidneys and in his back. <laughs> and as he slowly turns and his vision fades, he realizes that the rogue assassin at level 20 used disguised self to disguise himself as his patron. to use a sneak attack on him. <laughs> now, I already didn't have very much hit points. No. Because I was demolishing the world. Mm -hmm. And so thus is the death of my greatest tragedy i was and, devastated you yeah, have no idea yeah you, you remember how i said that they were fight he was fighting the monk and those three were fighting i was just like nope or whatever yeah. yeah i was waiting for the winner so i could sweep them but i was like well i can't just go in there and do it because i'm gonna lose how can i do yeah. this i'll be a bastard and just sneak up on him. what <laughs> okay. made it worse is how he did it yeah <laughs> brandon actually messed me over facebook while we were playing this behind and I looked at my phone behind the DM oh, screen. Oh, yeah. And, and Brian's like, I'm going to use Alter Self using this magic <laughs> item and become his uh, patron. And I basically, so then I on the spot started role-playing his patron. He narrated uh -huh. it, so I, uh -huh. as the player, had no idea. I was going to ask about that because that that's amazing. Yeah, that that's, made it that's so perfect. much worse because then I felt betrayed by both these a-holes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and Brandon from Ohio's bluff. <laughs> I was so devastated that game. I had it in the back. I was destroying people left and right, and I was ready to go after his punk butt. And honestly, although I'm not a sore sport about it or uh, gloating about it, I believe the prize was wish spell. No, no, no. What meant true wish? True wish, which meant which, no limits yeah, or something. It, it's what wish wishes it was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but anyways it was sad to say um i'm not as um strong and willed as brandon and i was being a sore loser i was like i can't wait to kill my god you took me the point is, is that the game it ended it did one of those quick endings like okay we're done let's keep going and i said that i used true wish to bring all the fighters back and put them back to their own realms yep oh there you go i was crying okay. so i forgot that part i thought <laughs> it was hilarious because i didn't have a character you're welcome. The rogue assassin was made by Justin. <laughs> I killed uh, myself. <laughs> okay. There Anyways, you go. That's, well, that's pretty good. Here. That monk could have murdered all of you had I decided to not hold back with him. Yeah. Oh, Mr. DM. <laughs> all right. So what was you the character's name? True. <laughs> Kaladin. Kaladin. 
Kaladin. All right. Well, um, I guess let us uh, raise our glasses, physical or, or metaphorical, in memory of Kaladin, who uh, sang his last song. Uh, I was going to say, who maybe should have uh, paid more attention to his patrons. Oh. Clink. Clink. Speaking of patrons, uh, <laughs> uh, do you, so uh, that'll do it for today. Do you guys want to once again tell our listeners about our show, where they can find you, anything you're working on, that sort of stuff? Yes. Um, our show is Crit Academy, a D&D discussion podcast designed to provide guidance and inspiration to you, our heroes. We provide a plethora of content every single episode, a main topic covering um, our own topics or DMing or player tips. Um, we do sub- we cover different supplements and books. Uh, one of my favorite ones we covered was like the Guildmaster's Guide to Ravnica, a lot of DMs Guild stuff. Um, we are currently uh, been putting out a lot of different um, player content. I know Ian is... Um, Working on a, a druid archetype, and I just finished. Yeah. And we just finished. I, I finished in a playtest in the War Chanter, which I'm expecting to come out in sometime in May. Um, if you're interested, you can check us out uh, on iTunes or your ba- your platform of choice. Our show starting on May 5th will be going live every Sunday on Twitch at Twitch.tv/CritAcademy, so you can see us all in our glory. We even got a nice <laughs> little setup here. That makes us look kind of professional to mask the fact that we're not at all. Um, but uh, 7 p.m. Eastern. 7 p.m. Eastern. Thank yeah. you for that because that's the stuff I forget, which is important. Um, but we we have a good time and um, we we would like you to come and join us. I know we all are a big fan of each other's shows. Uh, Interparty Conflict is one of the shows that I listen to the most. And it's a pleasure to, to be a guest today. So thank cool. you for having us. I think we yeah, all no problem. Thank, feel that Thank way. All, all three of you for coming on. I know. I know we've had Justin on in the past, but it's great, uh, great to finally get everybody on. Yeah, yeah, be here. Cool. I am awesome. <laughs> All right. To submit questions for us to discuss, items for the Dragon's Horde, or stories for the Funeral Pyre, please email us at interpartyconflict at gmail.com. For show notes, links to media mentioned on the show, and running lists of questions and magic items, go to interpartyconflict.com. Join the discussion on social media. Find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash interpartyconflict, on Reddit at r slash interpartyconflict, our, our interparty discord, or on Twitter at inpartyconflict for our weekly social media questions. Your answers might end up on the show. Find us on iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher, YouTube, anywhere you download podcasts. Please rate, review, subscribe, or just tell a friend. If you'd like to support the show, check out the rewards at patreon.com slash interpartyconflict. There's a few different tiers, so anything you can spare, even a dollar a month, would go towards making the show better, and you'll get bonus content for it. Jeff, tell us about FriendQuest. FriendQuest is a YouTube channel where we play video games. You can also find us on Twitch at twitch.tv slash friendqueststream. Yes. Speaking of video games, check out my side project, the Arcade Memories Podcast. If you'd like to submit your own childhood memories of going to the arcade, record them or write them to me at arcadememoriespodcast at gmail.com. Also, head over to bit.ly slash interpartyconflict to take a short survey about our show. What you like, what you don't like, etc. And just for taking it, you'll get two free printable board games, courtesy of Mary and Tom, over at hollandspiel.com. And our music is made by Boxcat Games from Nameless the Hackers RPG. So guys, until next time... Keep your blades sharp and spells prepared, heroes! heroes.